Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jason Alder from AB Motorsports, and you're listening to the Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the September 24th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsport program on the internet. This is episode 190 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally Capello and myself will be recapping the past couple weeks of racing, previewing upcoming action, and discussing whatever other topics pop into the conversation. Our first guest tonight is Mike Ebach. Established in 2015, Racing for Heroes, a 501c3 organization, was created by the former Green Beret to host races and provide more sports therapy for suicide prevention. They are headquartered in Virginia International Raceway with affiliates throughout the nation. They take pride in the fact they were one of the first veteran organizations that received funding from President Trump when he was elected in 2016 for their Baja race and are continuing to grow their programs and services. They have a staff psychologist and provide assistance with regenerative medicine, hyperbaric treatment, vitamin therapy, housing, and employment. Their participants and teams can be found racing in the following areas. Champ Car Racing, Dirt Track Late Model Racing, Endurance Racing, IMSA, Rally Teams, SCCA, and NASCAR. In 2019, they partnered with Sam Hunt Racing and driver Colin Garrett. We are now pleased to welcome Mike Evock into the program. How's it going? Hello, how are you doing this evening? Good, good, good. Just got off the machine gun range, taking some uh, GT teams through the uh, or the Trans Am teams through a little bit of shooting this evening. Awesome, awesome. And can you tell us a little bit more about your organization? Uh, yeah, we're uh, of course we're five hundred one c three nonprofit. Uh, we take care of disabled veterans. Our main focus is traumatic brain injury, PTSD, and um, that. And in veteran employment, giving the guys task and purpose in life, and it's, our end goal is to work on suicide prevention for the veterans. Awesome. Let me go ahead and throw you out to my co-host Michael Malley, who has a couple of questions first, and I'll I'll have a few more in a few minutes. Okay. My first question for you: How do you hope to expand Racing for Heroes in the future? Well, the way we we plan on expanding is I just brought on an executive director, and we're branching out to other racing organizations, um, and getting the guys out there and getting the word out. We're reaching out. We're getting into the veterans as they get out of the military, and uh, bringing them into some of our programs. We have a bunch of active duty guys that are coming into our programs now, and it helps get the word out back into the units for the guys that are getting ready to either retire or get out of the military. And what has been your most memorable moment while racing for heroes? Uh, it, it was kind of a, a bittersweet, but uh, I have, my dirt late model has all the names of the special operations uh, soldiers that have died from 9-11 till present. And I had it set up on display at a show. We go to car shows. We go all over the place. And a little girl come walking up, looked on the right front fender, and she says, hey, here's Daddy. And then, you know, her brother come over, then, and then her mom come over, and they had a moment, and I have a die-cast car I, I gave to them at that, you know, at that point in time, gave each of the kids, children a die-cast car with their father's name on it. And my final question for you, since being established in 2015, can you tell us some of what it has took to make Racing for Heroes what it is today? 
a lot of long hours, um, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a lot of trips up and down the road, a lot of flights, getting out there, talking to people, having meetings, making those connections, doing those handshakes. I mean, it's almost like, you know, politicians are doing nowadays, but you got to get out there and, and talk to people, bring them in here. We're at Virginia International Raceway. So anybody wants to know about the organization, I always tell them, hey, just come in and check us out. Come here to the organization. Come here to VIR. Let me show you what we've got. You already answered a little bit of this question, but can you tell us a little bit more about how the racing organization, racing for heroes organization is set up, how it works, what it, what it does exactly? Uh, what it does exactly. So, for example, um, most of it's word of mouth from a veteran that knows a veteran that knows a veteran type thing. So what it works is, for example, our vitamin program. If a guy comes in, we uh, we give him vitamins. Uh, get him, you know, get, we have a doctor does his blood work, gives him the vitamins to get his brain straight, help him out a lot in life. And then the the racing part we use as no pun intended, but a, a vehicle to get the veterans here and get them interested. So we have, you know, the guys have seen these these race cars out there and they're asking what is that, and that's getting their attention and bringing them in. But we also bring full veteran race teams in for like the Champ Car Series. Uh, we run endurance racing with the team, the full team atmosphere, and the guys do really well and, and they love it. I know the organization, as we said in the in the intro, that you work with a bunch of different organizations: the Champ Car Racing, Dirt Track, Late Models, Endurance, IMSA, Rally Teams, SCCA, and NASCAR. Where, which one is your biggest focus? I'd assume it's probably the the NASCAR thing with the, the Sam Hunt racing. That that's one of our bigger focuses. Uh, but right now, we just teamed up with Donald Brasher and the uh, Tim McCready and the Lucas Oil Series, Dirt Dirt Late awesome. Model Lucas Oil Series, and. Uh, so we're on the front of Tim's car. As a matter of fact, Donald Brasher's here at the shop tonight. He come up to shoot machine guns with us, and uh, we're, that's one of our biggest focuses. Would be that the Dirt Late Model Series and the NASCAR Series. Awesome. And for uh, just to give us an idea, how does a typical race weekend look for you and the organization? Take the uh, the Dirt Late Model as an example. So Dirt Late Model, you know, it usually starts on Friday night, getting the car loaded up. And then we try to get on to Fayetteville Speedway down in uh, right outside of Fort Bragg, um, just because all the soldiers and, and guys are in that area and the gals. So we, we load up, go down there. We'll meet up with guys, get down there midday, follow us in. Um, guys get in there. We get the car set up. And I have probably last time we had about 20 veterans out there helping, guys doing tires, guys doing fuel. Uh, we had another veteran racing in another, another class. And then we just get set up, and the guys hang out there. We grab a little dinner together, get the cars prepped, go out and race, and then we work on the cars. And then we sit there in the evening, and, you know, by about midnight, we part ways, and everybody goes home. That's the typical weekend of dirt racing for us. Awesome. And as you stated, you're, you're located at uh, Virginia National Raceway. But do you have any way of, uh, if my listeners are interested, how would they go about finding out more information about your organization? Uh, just go to uh, www.racingforheroes.org. Um, that's racingforheroes.org and just send us a message if you have any questions but there's videos on there explaining what we do um, there's all kinds of stuff you can read on there there's several pages and if you have any questions you just email us or, or call the office and we'll answer them Awesome Well again thank you very much for coming on the program this evening I know you've we've had tried to schedule you for a little while so it's great to hear from you and we wish you all the luck in the world with your organization and everything you're doing Okay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great night. You too.
Once again, that was Mike Ebach of the Racing for Heroes 501c3 organization, which has a, a wide variety of things they work on for, for veterans. They are stationed there at Virginia International Raceway. And as you heard, you can go to racingforheroes.org for more information. Toil Tire USA returned to the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb for the 98th running of this prestigious event that sends vehicles charging up the 156 turn 12.42 mile road to the 14,115 foot summit. Toyo Tires was once again an official sponsor of the Peaks Peak, Pikes Peak International Hill Climb and supported six teams this year. Team Toyo drivers Blake Fuller and Dajiro Yoshihara finished at the top of their respective divisions with Fuller breaking the record for production electric vehicles. Scott Birdsall broke the diesel record by 13 seconds. The electric performance Tesla racing team and driver Blake Fuller returned to Pikes Peak with Toyo tires this year and looks to continue his winning ways from 2002 and 2016. Fuller and his 2018 Tesla Model 3 finished at the top of the ex- exhibition division while also breaking the production electric car record with a time of 11 hours, 2 minutes, 45 seconds. Wait, did I read that right? I think so. 11 wow, hours, two minutes. Really- yep, mm-hmm. that's it. Faster than the previous record he set back in 2016. This marks the first time a Model 3 has competed, finished, and won to set a record at Pike's Peak. Fuller's production Model 3 raced on Toyo Proxy's R888 RTM tires on his way to victory. Actually, no, I think that's 11 minutes, two se- 11 minutes, two se- 2.802 seconds is what it's supposed to be. That makes more sense running up to 14,000 feet. There we go. Cut <laughs> Birdsall from Chuckles Garage and his old smoky F1 1949 Ford also returned to Pikes Peak with Toyo tires. Birdsall's vintage pickup powered by a 1,200 horsepower Cummins diesel engine set a new diesel record with a time of 11 minutes, 24.065 seconds, using Toyo proxy slicks to break the previous record by 13 seconds. The Evasive Motorsports team debuted with Toyo Tires with driver Dajiro Yoshihara, which was mentioned a minute ago, at this year's Pikes Peak, making only the second time the drivers can be eight at the famed event. Yoshihara placed first overall in the limited division with his 2013 Turn 14 Evasive Motorsports Toyo Tires 86 on Toyota Toyo Proxys Slicks Tires. Yoshihara put in a winning time of 10 minutes, 5.006 seconds. The Toyo Proxy line of ultra-high performance and competition tires are used by enthusiasts and racers alike. In addition to supporting Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, Toyo Tires is the official tire of NASA, the National Autosport Association, and the spec tire of the Mazda Spec 5 MX-5 Challenge, BMW Car Club of America's E36 and E46 classes, as well as Porsche Club of America's SP1 and Boxster classes. To learn more about the full line of products from Toyo Tires, visit www.toyotires.com. For more information about the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, visit ppihc.org. Also, for more information about the, the race, you can listen to our past episode, the last episode of this program we had. Go get to that by going to blogtalkradio.com slash speedwaydigestradio and access it that way. We did talk to the, the Porsche driver and the owner of that team last week. So be sure to check, like three weeks ago now, but be sure to check that out. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Molly Capallo or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. 
NHRA announced the remainder of the 2020 NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series season. In collaboration with all stakeholders, NHRA plans to hold five more national events to complete the 2020 season. The 2020 NHRA season has looked very different due to the global pandemic. NHRA has worked closely with its partner, with its partnering tracks and race teams to construct a schedule that will honor its rich racing history. Dates for the remaining NHRA Meliola Drag Racing Series are as follows. This weekend, the Emily Motor Oil Gator Nationals in Gatesville, Florida, which takes place from tomorrow through Sunday. October 2nd through the 4th, the Mopar Express Lane, NHRA Midwest Nationals, designed by Pennzoil, which takes place in St. Louis, Missouri. October 14th through the 18th, the AAA Texas NHRA Far Nas- Fall Nationals, which will be taking place in Dallas. October 23rd through the 25th, the, the Mopar, Mopar Express Lane, NHRA Spring Nationals, designed by Pennzoil, which will be in Houston. And on October 30th through November 1st, the Dodge and the NHRA finalist presented by Pennzoil, which takes place at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. At the conclusion of the NH- Dodge and NHRA finals in Las Vegas, the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series will crown its four champions in each of their respective professional categories, including Top Fuel, Funny Car, Pro Stock, and Pro Stock Motorcycle. With the elimination of the traditional countdown to the championship playoffs, every round of racing is crucial. Race teams will be ready to battle it out for their shot at an NHRA World Championship. Due to the pandemic and scheduling conflicts, the three below listed national events have been removed from the 2020 schedule. September 18th through the 20th, the NGK Spark Club's NHRA four-wide nationals in Charlotte, Carolina, the NHRA Thunder Valley Nationals in Bristol, Tennessee, which was supposed to be October 9th through 11th, and November 13th through the 15th, the Auto Club NHRA Finals in Pomona, California. NHRA and its partner tracks originally planned to reschedule three national events, but due to location and traditional climates, the blow of events have also been canceled. The Dodge Mile High NHRA Nationals presented by Pennzoil, which takes place in Denver on the 7th through the 9th of August. The Lucas Oil Atrium Nationals in Brainerd, Minnesota, which was supposed to take place the 14th to the 16th of August. And the Menards Atrium Heartland Nationals, presented by Minties in Topeka, Kansas, which was really scheduled for August 21st through 23rd. For more information about the NHRA schedule, option for ticket holders of the effective events, and COVID-19 event protocols, please visit NHRA.com. Tickets are on sale now for the 59th running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona, North America's most prestigious sports car race set for January 30th through the 31st, 2021 at Daytona International Speedway. The popular Rolex 24 at Daytona on the Daytona Road Course will open the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship season. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship currently features competition in four classes. The headlining Daytona Prototype International Class, the DPI, Le Mans Prototype 2, LMP2, the GT Le Mans, GTLM, and GT Daytona, GTD. On Friday, January 29th, prior to the Saturday, prior to the Saturday through Sunday, twice around the clock Rolex 24, the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge season will begin with the four-hour BMW Endurance Challenge. For a full list of ticket options available for the 2021 Rolex 24 at Daytona, fans can call Wine Pick Shop or visit DaytonaNationalSpeedway.com. There are payment plan options available. Some of the noted packages and offerings include a four-day ticket package, which includes front stretch gel admission, seating, and infield access. You can reach fan zone and garage access, available for $110 each. A two-day infield front stretch gel admission ticket, which starts at $60, and two-day garage access, which will be an additional $45. Children 12 and under, 
can receive free entry to general admission seating areas, UNH friend zone, garage access, as well as camping. All multi-day Rolex-24 Daytona ticket holders with two or four-day passes receive free admission to the Royal before the Rolex-24, January 22nd through the 24th. The Royal Weekend will play host to Scout Days again in 2021. That will probably be the next competitive event that I attend. It will be the uh, the Royal before the Rolex-24 because my 2020 plans to head to race have just gone to heck. But anyways, it will be interesting to see those guys run, and hopefully it will be a good weekend there. Hostelian premium seat packages include the Rolex 24 Lounge, Champions Club, a Speed Insider package, grassroot motorsports packages, and Taste of the 24. Geico Park West Tent Camping, Front Street, and Trackside Car Parking are still available. The annual Roar Before the Rolex 24 preseason test sessions are scheduled the weekend before the Rolex 24 at Daytona, January 22nd through the 24th, Friday through Sunday, Following the popular Roar schedule, IMSA teams are set to remain at the track through the Rolex 24 weekend. Fan-focused events celebrating the start of the IMSA season are expected at One Daytona, the lifestyle and entertainment destination located directly across International Speedway Boulevard from Daytona International Speedway. The Rolex 24 was first held as a three-hour event in 1962, then known as the Daytona Continental. It has become renowned for annually attracting many of the world's finest race car drivers from various racing disciplines to making history against the world's best sports car racers. Historically, drivers from NASCAR, IndyCar, and Formula One, Formula One have joined teams for one-off efforts. Past Rolex 24 at Daytona champions include four-time NASCAR Cup Series and three-time Daytona 500 champion Jeff Gordon, five-time IndyCar Series champion Scott Dixon, and two-time Formula One championship Fernando Alonso. Dixon co-drove to his third Rolex 24 title this past January in the number 10 for Wayne Taylor Racing, along with co-drivers Kamai Kobayashi, Regner Van Der Zand, and Ryan Bristow. It marks the third time in four years that Wayne Taylor Racing won the overall Rolex 24 at Daytona. Last month, NASCAR made history on the Daytona Road Course that the Rolex 24 made famous when its three national series, along with the Arkham Menard series, made their first ever appearance on an iconic layout with Chase Elliott winning the anchor event of the weekend. In addition to tickets being on sale for the Rolex 24 at Daytona, tickets are also available for the 63rd annual Daytona 500, set for February 14th. The 2021 edition of the Great American Race could see the event's first three-time consecutive winner in Denny Hamlin. As with the Rolex 24, ticket information is available by calling my pitch shop over visiting Daytona500.com. Tickets for all Daytona International Speedway events can be purchased online at www.daytonainternationalspeedway.com or by calling 1-800-PIT-SHOP. Fans can stay connected with Daytona International Speedway on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and by downloading Daytona International Speedway's mobile app for the latest Speedway news throughout the season. Unfortunately, we won't be having our, our second scheduled guest for this evening, uh, Joe Graff Jr., who was originally scheduled to be on the program roughly three weeks ago, but we did have those technical issues a few weeks ago. He was unable to come on the program tonight. We're hoping to reschedule him possibly for next week, but probably for some time in the next few weeks. With that in mind, we're going to take a brief break here, and then we'll come back and discuss a little bit of the recent more sports news. There's been a heck of a lot of it in the past week. This is 99 Speedway from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. Ninety-nine 
John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Uh, We're going to have a brief motorsports discussion now, as we have the time for it this evening. Uh, First off, I want to mention the fact that our 
this past weekend was the 24 Hours of Le Mans. I don't know how many of you actually took the time to, to watch that. It did have great coverage on Motor Trend TV this year. Uh, they had all 24 hours on the, on the television. That uh, was pretty cool. The, the announcers were not the best, but you get you what you get. And uh, if you're paying attention to the, any of the racing on the track, it doesn't really matter what the announcers are saying all the time anyway. We would like to congratulate the, uh, the Toyota Gazoo Racing uh, with drivers Kamui Kabayashi as well as Brendan Hartley. Uh, Brendan Hartley did a, he's a past guest in the program, and it's awesome to have a, a past guest like that uh, win the, one of the most prestigious sports car races on the face of the earth. Now, there are some questions as to how many more races the Toyota Gazoo Racing Team will be competing in. Um, LMP1 is being phased out in a way, uh, being replaced by Hypercar, um, as well as the LMDH, the, uh, the new hybrids. Um, the hypercar from Toyota is a hybrid. Uh, it's a interesting looking machine. Um, some people may not be keen on the fact that it, uh, it looks a lot different than a traditional race car. It looks a little bit more sporty. Uh, it looks like they took some, some cues from a lot of different cars, from uh, Ferrari, from Lamborghini, from all sorts of different places. Uh, you can look at that up on uh, online, looking at the Toyota Hypercar. I will try to find a decent picture to post to the Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder page. You can check it out there um, if you're interested. It is a really, really weird-looking machine, but it is the future of racing, and it'll be, it'll be cool to see how that goes over the next few years. It will also be interesting to see how the, the future of NASCAR is, especially with Bubba Wallace, because as most of you probably heard already uh, this week, the Jermaine Racing, which is was driven by past guests on this program as well, Ty Dillon, uh, both sold the other day. It was sold to a consortium of owners. One of the primary owners is Michael Jordan, the uh, former Chicago Bulls all-star. Also, the secondary owner is Denny Hamlin, the Joe Gibbs Racing number 11 FedEx Toyota driver. Now, it'll be interesting to see how that works. I know it's the first time since Dale Earnhardt, the, the top-tier driver in the NASCAR Cup Series, will also be owning a top-tier cup team, and, Gord and uh, Michael Jordan has definitely said that he's going to run a top-tier cup team. He said basically that he doesn't want a guy who's finishing in 30th. He doesn't want a guy who finishes in the teens. He doesn't want somebody who finishes in the top 10. He wants a winner as his driver. This will be Bubba Wallace's big, big break in the series, and it'll be interesting to see if he's able to step up to the plate. If not, it might be... Uh, a rather short career for Bubba Wallace in the Cup Series. Um, but I think that there's a chance that he does really, really well. There's also, of course, the chance that he doesn't do anything at all. And that's a possibility that he's worried about for his career so far. He's had some opportunities that are really, really good. He's had some opportunities that aren't as good. People would argue that, ten, that uh, the current Richard Petty race team is not exactly the huge budget team that once was. Um, and that's obvious by the fact that he is not performing at the top of the of the racing tier, although he does seem to get quite a bit of, of attention. So that'll be interesting. How do you feel about Michael Jordan coming into NASCAR as one well of the new owners for next season? I think it's different. It's definitely not something I was ever expecting. Um, do you think maybe, though, it's kind of one of those things where they just, like, partner together and then he's just going to do what he wants, or do you think he's going to, do you, what am I, or do you think he's going to be like, like, 
totally in there at every race, at every like do you think he's gonna be really gung ho or do you think he's I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I think it, in the beginning, he'll probably be he'll be at every race. He'll be the sort of guy who sort of hangs out there and tries and figure out what what's going on because uh, he wants to see where his money's going. But it depends on the on the whether it conflicts with the with the NBA season. I don't I don't pay enough attention to to the National Basketball Association currently to know how badly it does conflict. I know it does, but because uh, he'll be at the, a lot of the Charlotte Hornets games as well as trying to be at the at the NASCAR event. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. But I think it'll be sort of like with the with David Lehrman, who owns the uh, the team with Bob Rahal, Bobby Rahal, and uh, it'll be at the beginning. Letterman was pretty much hands off. The only thing he did at the team was was sign the checks and and hang out there for the Indy 500. But now Rahal is at every race. He takes a, an active role. He's sometimes even on the radio, talking to the drivers as they're going around the, in the in the field. So I think it'll be sort of a uh, an evolution. For, uh, for Michael Jordan. He can be as involved as he wants to be, or he can just be a hands-off guy who just send, signs the checks and, and smiles when the people win. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think it'll be uh, it'll definitely be a good thing for NASCAR to bring in some new fans, at least at the beginning. And it'll just uh, it'll make it something different, of course, for next year and see how far it goes in the future. Yeah. Do you think um, now other sports stars whether it be basketball or baseball or anything like that, do you think now others will come forward and maybe try and follow the same path that he decided to take? They could. I know that the uh, in the past, and and with the uh, with IndyCar again as an example, in the past they when they had the split between IndyCar and Indy Racing League, there were a lot of people who entertainers and that sort of thing who tried their hand at being a uh, being a team owner, and I think some of those people realized that. The, the best way to make a lot of money and a little money in raising is to start out with a lot of money because it costs a lot of money to, to maintain these sort of race teams. I know you and your family understand that. Um, even for a, for a smaller team, it's still a, a lot of money and investment for something that may not turn into a huge pile of money in the future. Um, but it is a chance that they'll begin to they'll bring in more and uh, different people. Um, it'd be cool if that happened. I know in, in sports cars now, Jackie Chan Racing is one of the top teams in the LMP2 class. Uh, Jackie Chan, the international movie star guy, who actually shows up at a lot of the races. He's not there for every race. He wasn't there this season. He's not there at all, and that's that's the COVID-19 thing. He's sort of hiding out in his little bunker or whatever. But um, it'll be cool to see if it if it does bring in other people. And I know, like I said, it'll bring in more fans. It'll change the dynamic, at least for the beginning, and I'm sure that there's some people in the NASCAR marketing office who are hoping it changes it a lot and brings in a lot more fans than they've had before because they've definitely had some issues, no matter what they say. <laughs> they've had some issues the past few seasons in filling up the, the grandstands. Um, and that is how, how people get exposed to the, the racing in a big way is by showing up the track. Uh, TV is great, and the fact that they're doing – they're still doing racing with, so, with such a low percentage of people is, is cool. It's great for TV. It's great for that sort of thing. But the best way to see any of these races is to show up at the track and absorb what's going on there. And hopefully that's that gets back to normal next season. I don't know if it'll be the entire season. A lot of these racetracks are hoping it'll be there'll be some magic thing happen in the beginning of January and everything goes back to normal. I know Daytona's hoping that with the uh, the Rolex 24, but it'll be it'll be something to see. There's definitely changes. Things are getting better. Things are reopening. Things are are 
better now than they were before, but people are still really slow. Uh, there are certain segments of the economy here that have not recovered. There are certain segments that may not recover for a long time. So that's one of the things with the people with their uh, their disposable income that NASCAR and other motorsports depend on entirely. And if the disposable income shrinks more and more and more, then the, the people don't have money to go to a race, and that just is one of those never-ending circles that just keeps going and going, and things get worse, and then things start closing. People wonder what's going on. So hopefully things get better. Hopefully things improve quickly, and hopefully it's a great season of racing next year. I know you mentioned before that you were you were planning on doing a little bit of uh, of racing, possibly, or having your your husband might be doing some some different things this season. What's your your schedule for 2021 look like right now? As of right now, in 2021, I would like to. I mean, whether it be me personally or him or my brother, I don't care. But someone needs to get in a race car and. The goal is to run a full season. I would like to be a points contender somewhere. So now it's just finding out where we want to race. But I think things will be a lot better in 2020. I know there's a there's quite a few racetracks around you there, and I know that you just take a you just took a trip here to the Sunshine State. You spent some time in the uh, in the Clearwater Tampa Bay area. How did you enjoy that? And I know you didn't get a chance to head out to the the racetrack, but how was your what was your general impression of the state of Florida here? I would move there tomorrow if I could. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. You know, I didn't think I was gonna enjoy it that much. I don't know. I've really never been out of Washington, so it was something like really, really new to me. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And if I could get everyone on board to move down there, I would be down there as soon as possible. It was fun. And everybody was super nice and, like, outgoing and friendly. And I just really enjoyed it. It's like a really clean state, too. Like, Washington, you know, there's garbage everywhere. And it's just not a very clean state. But that state was, like, super clean. Oh, have you enjoyed it? I think, it, uh, like I said before, Florida is a great place to live. It's a great place to visit. And hopefully maybe you can work something out in the future. I know there's a, especially in that area of the, of the Clearwater Tampa Bay area, there are several small tracks, so you might be able to, to figure something out there. There's the Showtime Speedway, which you mentioned. There's the East Bay, East Bay Raceway, which is a huge name track there. And there's all the little ones around the middle of the state, around the Orlando area, Orlando Speed World, that sort of thing. So it would definitely be an option in the future, and, and we'll see how that goes. Yep. Don't be surprised when we're, moving in to Florida. That's what I was I was going to say when we're neighbors, but probably not neighbors. But go. we could be state neighbors. There you go. Yeah, definitely. South Florida is a, a different ball game. It's still clean. It's still nice. It's still pretty, but there's there's not as much much racing down here. There's definitely a little bit different atmosphere than there is further north. And uh, and it's a it's a different ball game. It's something you, you should check out, but it's definitely different than, than Clearwater and that sort of thing. Clearwater is a, a great place to visit. It's a very nice area. It's one of the most popular beaches on the world now. So it's kind of cool to hang out and look at that sort of thing. And it's a uh, going to be neat to see how that goes in the future. Um, as I stated, this weekend is the the race there in Gainesville. I did just get an informational thing from the Gator Nationals, which I'll go ahead and share with you now. It's been six months since the original race was canceled there in Gainesville. Um, 
If people did purchase tickets for their March race, those tickets will be valid at the gate. Whether they're printed home, mobile, or hard tickets, you'll be able to use them for admittance. Uh, they're currently taking measures to distance patrons into grandstands, but everyone who has a ticket will definitely be admitted to the event, which is a great thing. Um, I know that the Gator Nationals are always popular, um, but they're not selling any additional tickets for the race, so it, it could be a uh, quite a, a show up there. Um, I'm hoping to attend the race next season. I was originally thinking about going there this year, but it's still a little iffy. Um, especially attending a race like that. And I'd really rather go when the uh, not quite as iffy. Um, as I stated, my first race I'm going to be attending probably is the uh, the race there in Daytona, the, the Royal Before the Rookies 24, which generally does have a, a P3 event associated with that. I don't know if they're going to have that this next year because they are incorporating the P3s into the, uh, the normal prototype race, which takes place during the 24 hours. And that would be awesome to see that. Um, but we'll see how that goes. And it should be an interesting thing. I'm going to try and get someone like Dakota Dickerson on the program again. Dakota has always been awesome to talk to. And we can see how he feels about the changes that are taking place in sports cars. And whether he's going to be racing in the P3s again next season. Or whether he'll be moving up to P2 or what his plan is. I'm also trying to get a few more different different people on the show. Again, we've got Joe Graff Jr. who is slated to be on the program at some point in the next few weeks. Uh, more than likely, we're going to have Gus Dean on the program. I think he might even be in two weeks for Gus Dean. I'd have to look that up. Originally, that was a slated schedule for early in October. And it'll be, uh, there are other drivers as well that I'm talking to now. Uh, we might do a pre-race, um, a pre-season preview for the Monster Jam season because it was so awesome talking to the guy from Monster Jam a few weeks ago. So it'll be cool to try and get some of those guys on the show and try and get other people as well, try and get a good cross-section of modern motorsports for all of you. Hopefully you enjoy that. And like I said, if you're interested in coming on the show, we'd love to have you. Just contact me or Michael, and you'll get your spot. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash speedwaydigestradio. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. Again, I'm going to post a picture of the Toyota Gazoo racing team. I did that the other day. I'm also going to try and post a picture of the Toyota hypercar onto the, the Facebook page. I'll actually do that in about five minutes or so, so be sure to check that out. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. I did put out articles about all different aspects of motorsports today. Um, I actually did one, one Cup Series-related article, which I don't do very often, but I hadn't seen it posted yet, so I figured, what the heck, I'll post it out there. Um, also did some sports car pieces. I did a little bit of coverage of Le Mans, not very much. Um, and then we did some other stuff related to the NHRA. Not a lot of NHRA Gator Nationals stuff, because those tickets, as I stated, there's a, that's pretty much sold out for this weekend, but they are previewing the Midwest Nationals, so be sure to check that out on the Racing News section as well as the Speedway News section of SpeedwayDigest.com. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at my site for Vorplum's Fantastic Finds. It can be found on Facebook, Twitter, the easiest way to find on Twitter is to go to at PBHappening, and by heading to Vorplum's Fantastic Finds com. Got a bunch of great stuff on there as well. A um, little bit of stuff about the new exhibit there at the South Florida Science Center, which is the uh, 
the bodies exhibit where they have the different human bodies all displayed doing all different sorts of things that were plasticized. Um, there was a media event for that this morning. Unfortunately, I was unable to attend because I did have other other pressing work issues to take care of, but be sure to check that out. There's also some information about the new tigers at the Palm Beach Zoo, as well as a few different stories about the current COVID-19 and the reopening of the economy and that sort of thing down here. So I tried to stay on top of all that for you. So be sure to check that out on Facebook, Twitter, and by heading to overallplumsfantasticfinds.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night, and thanks again.